All right, and we are back. Uh, thank you for Tyler Shell for joining us in the first hour there. That was that was a good time. Uh, we are going to bring on a real race car driver now. No disrespect to Tyler Shell. Oh, that's messed up. I'm um, no disrespect, but <laughs> someone who drives a real race car, uh, 358 driver, uh, Ashley Capetta. Ashley, Hi, thank you for joining thank us. You for having me tonight. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm actually kind of tired still from Saturday. Um, it was a very long day, but it was definitely well worth being there with all the fans and everything for our event. But I'm still exhausted. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, how many years have you done this event? Kind of what goes on and uh, success uh, success of it. So I started it. So when I first got into racing, my parents told me that I had to figure it out on my own. Um, even with the Capetta last name, everybody was very quick to assume that there was money here um, and that my Uncle Rob built my motors. And neither were true. Um, so I kind of had to do my own deal. I did the antique business. This all ties hand in hand. So I'm not trying to go off the grid. So I started the antique and collectibles business first. Um, and I went to auctions, I bought stuff, took it to the flea market, which was up at Williams Grove. And then all that money I pretty much put into my race car. And then everybody's like, well, why don't you do an event? And I'm like, well, Nikki Young, when he used to race the 10N car, they used to do one at the same place that I have mine. They're like, why don't you do a fundraiser? And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how we're going to make this work, but I was like, let's just give it a shot. So the first year I had it at Midway Fire Company, which was a really small fire company, maybe could seat 150, maybe 200 people on a good day. Um, so we had our first one there and because my dad used to do like their Christmas parties and stuff. So, and I mean, it was very small. Um, we did like the raffle baskets were not that great. We had like a really small auction, um, didn't really make a whole lot of money but it brought fans together and it helped, you know? So I was like, you know, everybody's like, oh, why don't you do it again next year? So we did it like year after year. And then we just kept getting bigger and bigger because we always tried to make something different for the next event that would make people want to come back. So the eighth year, which would have been 2018, 2017, I think it was 2017. I started doing everybody got a free shirt. So then I was like, okay, well, let's do something else. And then we added, like this year, we ended up doing four giveaways total. It was a drawstring bag, a decal, um, a can koozie, and the shirt, which this was our first year doing colored shirts. So with the economy being so crappy, I was like, we have to make sure these fans feel like they belong here and they're not just coming just because we want their money or that they feel like we're using them per se. So the first thing that's important to me, and I wish tracks would kind of see this too. The more people feel loved and appreciated, the more they're going to want to support you. I don't care if they what actually. What a concept. Yeah, they don't like you. I mean, there's people that I see that come to our events that I don't see at the track every weekend, but people know that when they come to our event, they're not going to leave hungry. And if they do, it's their own fault. We always <laughs> provide beverages. We always have giveaways. We try to always make 
it a fun experience. Um, I wish I actually got to experience it more, but I'm so busy the whole night that I just, it's literally you walk in the door to set up and then the next minute you're looking at your clock and it's time to go home. Um, so each year it grows. So this will, this one was our 11th one. Um, and I, I definitely thought it was great. Um, uh, looked like everybody had a great time. I didn't hear any complaints this year. Um, last year I heard a couple of people complaining about it. Nothing like that I would do per se, but something that they thought we could do better. And I take that very serious. So I always try to make it better. Um, so this year we did four different like main foods. Um, we weren't supposed to have shrimp, but I added that as an extra item just because I was like, these people are coming to help us out. And like, I would have done even more than what we already did, but you got to put a line somewhere. You're not going to make any money. Right. So the racing, um, bash that we did with the new outlaw game, I think that went really well. We had 20 racers sign up, which I don't think is bad for the first time. Um, and we ended up, I actually gave, so I made $18 profit off of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't really worried about the profit part of it. I wanted people to come have fun and try something different. So now next year, since our payout was 500 for the regular race, and then it was 190 for the non-qualifiers that placed next year, I want to do a thousand dollar, if not more than that, um, payout and then try to do like a 200 to 300 non-qualifiers purse. So there's always room for improvement. Um, and I always will try to do something to make it better as long as we're racing still, obviously next year, God willing. But, um, I would like, I would not even mind helping other drivers put one together. I know why it was supposed to have one. Um, and it kind of didn't work out. January is really tough. We used to have ours in January, but I learned after the holidays, like people are broke and people just don't really want to do anything. So that's why we moved ours to the second week in February because extravaganza is the week before then Motorama is the week after. And then after that's Lincoln opener. So just kind of, you got to find the right time to do it or it won't work out. So, uh, and this is all to support your race team. So let's, let's go back there a little bit and kind of do what we've done with all of our guests. And, um, I, I know a little bit about you. I got to meet you a little bit last year and talk to you in the pits a few times. Jimmy and Chris obviously know the car. They know your name. Uh, but there's gonna be some fans that know as much as myself, Jimmy or Chris or less. So mm -hmm. let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Talk about your family's history and racing. I know you talked about your uncle, I believe, Rob, yep. uh, who's a pretty big name in, in the sport and the industry. And, and a little bit about your family history and kind of where you got to to get here today or where you've been so, to get here today. My dad used to help. Well, he used to help my uncle Rob first. Um, so my uncle ran in the seventies and then after my uncle Rob quit racing, you know, my dad kind of got into some trouble, not like anything like bad, but just doing regular men, teenage, you know, older stuff. Um, got involved with the wrong women. Let's just put it that way. Um, so he wasn't in trouble. My uncle suggested, why don't you go help Steve Smith? Cause he's looking for somebody. So my dad actually wasn't Steve's biggest fan at one point because he was a huge Kenny Weld fan. So 
he's like, I don't like that. You know, just like how people were with Fred Raymer when he was in the 88 car. I was one of those people. I couldn't stand the man because anybody that beat Greg Hodnett, I didn't like. <laughs> um, so that my dad was the same way. So then he started working for Steve Smith and obviously absolutely loved and adored Steve. And he still does to this day. There's still days that he struggles with him being gone. Um, then my uncle actually went to NASCAR. He was the gas man for Robert Yates Racing. Um, Dale Jarrett so that was a really cool deal I wish I would have been able to actually go and watch that happen but I was like five or six years old when that was going on and then he didn't really get to see my little cousins well little at the time they're older now around my age he didn't get to see the kids much so he he came back home and then he started to build sprint car motors um, he built for Brian Lepo Eric Stanvall um, Greg Hodnett, he built for John Trone for a little while. Um, Jason Solwald and Jack Hodenshield in the R19 car, and now um, KKR, which he's been doing that for, I think, five years, maybe. I know they have, they have four championships together, but so it's a hell of a resume. So that's how, <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, the first year that Brad got the championship, I was absolutely sick to my stomach because I wanted that championship more than anything for my uncle and Brad. But be physically being there and watching that all unfold, because that was the year that Danny Dietrich broke right in front of Brad on the back stretch at Charlotte. And, of course, I, like, panicked. I was like, here, like, I thought he it was over at that point. Um so that's like my uncle and my dad. So then when my uncle built the motors for Greg Hodnett, that's when I started to get attached to racing. Like I absolutely idolized Greg. Just, he was always so driven. He was always determined. Like when he was at the track, you could say hi to him, but he was so like tunnel visioned on what he had to do. And I admired that because he recognized that you were there, but he also was so focused on what he needed to do. Um, and that's what really drove me to really like racing. Um, obviously I watched Stevie race because my dad helped Steve. Um, but I don't really remember that a whole lot cause I was really young. Um, so then my uncle started build Lepo's motors when Hodnett went to the 77 car and my heart was broken because he wasn't in the Apple anymore. <laughs> um, cause that was my favorite car. So then I started scraping mud and stuff, helping Lepo with just like the simple mud scraping task. Um, and then I saw AJ Michael was asking for help. So I went and helped AJ Michael for a couple of years. And his crew chief was Jim Schreiner, who is now Dylan Sisney's crew chief. And he taught me how to change the gears and change shocks and a little bit more than just your average mud scraper kind of thing. And then... AJ hung it up um, shortly after he got his concussion at Lincoln they, and he has a business and stuff. So he kind of wanted to focus on the family business more. So then I helped Kyle Pruitt briefly. And that's how I met Dylan Norris's dad, Sean. And I said, and I knew Sean knew everything you could think of about a race car. He's got a, so I asked him one day, I said, Sean, I said, I really want to learn about sprint cars and he said okay so i went to the shop he was working for brian bruckner at the time in the 358s and he said i go to the shop on sundays you know i'll take you up there and he showed me how he does maintenance i mean 
that guy has probably the best maintenance program that I've seen um, in my face, actually. And that we do the same maintenance program now here because I've watched and have done it with Sean so often that it just became secondhand nature for me. Um, and then Chris Esch took over driving duties when Brian Bruckner broke his neck at Trailways. And then I said to Sean one day, I said, hey, it's like... I'd like to build a 358. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I need to come up with something for a senior project. And I was like, I think it'd be kind of cool to build a sprint car. I honestly didn't think I'd be able to race the thing. I thought I was going to get it to a frame, a body, pretty much a whole roller. I didn't think we'd get a motor or anything. And my parents were like, you're not racing that damn thing. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So a motor ended up coming. And then I started to race at Trailways. And I'll never forget it. I got it. I never had any racing experience except for, I always joke and I say mowing the grass at grandma's. That was about as far as it went. And Speedway 94 is about as far as it went. And we went to trailways for a practice session. And now I had like the, I've always had the enclosure panel pretty much my whole career. Um, and I was in the car and I was getting ready to go out there. And my dad, I had, the hooker harness seatbelts pretty much my whole career as well, which had the ratcheting device. And he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, Nope, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he's like, Oh no. He's like, you're staying in there. It was more the, that I felt so claustrophobic. Cause like when you get in your personal vehicle, you can kind of like move around and stuff, not in that thing. And I went out there and I putzed around. Like I was like, Oh, this kind of feels fast. Not really. And then there were some people that, like oh i expected her to be a lot better and like had all these expectations for me and i'm like i never raced anything yeah. and i didn't want to be the type to go out there you know how some of these people are they'll go out there and stand on the gas and then they're the next one hanging it in the fence i was like i worked hard for this i ain't gonna do that right. so i got really up i got more mad than i did upset and i went up to baps well it was susquehanna at the time and they put me out there with the four tens and I'm like, they have got, lost their mind. I was literally three wide. It was Donnie Kreitz Jr. and Kevin Naus, and I was in the middle. And I was like, you gotta just stay, hold your line and just stay in the gas. And I followed those guys pretty much the whole night. And then the next time I went up, um, Chad Trout was there. I think he had a 360 in maybe that night. And I followed him around and then I went back to trailways and then Jim Travis was my engine builder at the time. And he's like, the only way you're going to truly get better is if you go to trailways and just tag the rear. And now as small as trailways is lap traffic happens really fast. Yeah. So I always had in my mind, the moment I got lapped is when I pulled off the field. And the reason I did that is for one, my own safety and the safety of everybody else, because I was nowhere near where those guys were. And I feel like the respect, like Jeff, when Jeff Rurball told me he thought I was ready to start on the front row and Brad McClellan, that's when I took the chance because I wanted that respect. I didn't want to be one of those ones in the way. I didn't want to get drove over. Um, so that was kind of where I was at with that. And then I started not to like trailways as much because a lot of cars like to drive in the infield and then they would shoot back out. And that always scared the Dickens out of me. So I was like, let's go to the, and I fell in love with Lincoln. I like Williams Grove. Um, but Fridays for me are really tough with 
the antique business because there's a lot of Friday night auctions. And I know I can't make Saturday night auctions because I have to kind of pick and choose. If I want to race Saturday, I got to go to auction Friday. If I want to race Friday, then I'd have to give up. So it's kind of, you got to, all these auctions, like you have a website, it's called Auction Zip. And they have a full calendar, kind of like a schedule. And you go on and you can look at what auctions are within your, like, say I put 30 miles. I can look at all the auctions in my area for the whole week. And I can just click on there and they post their pictures and everything. So if it looks like a good auction, I'm going to go. If it looks like junk, I'm not going to waste my time. But junk doesn't make me money. So I kind of got to pick my poison when it comes to that. So with um, kind of talked about kind of fell in love with Lincoln a little bit. So that would be an easy choice. You're saying, hey, which night am I going to sacrifice if you had your if it was all equal and, you know, I, I would have done the same thing. Right. Pick the track you want to race at because you still want to race and, and kind of do that. And so I see you over like how long have you been kind of I don't want to say full time, but since Trailway, you kind of were like, OK, I'm done with Trailway. Have you kind of as soon as you transitioned to Lincoln, that's kind of just been that's been the plan all along ever since that switch happened that you're just, you know, auction Friday night, Lincoln Saturday night. And that's kind of been the plan since how long has that been? Um, I would say we went full, full time, like in 2017 when smokers outlet came on board. Um, the only other factor that we have, like, so like Lincoln's 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes from us. Um, so it's kind of easy, good. but like my dad's a professional DJ too, which a lot of people do know that. And then a lot of people don't know that. Um, he's played over a thousand and some weddings since 82. So, I mean, he works at Harley Davidson full time, but he also does DJing as a side job as well. So there's Friday nights where he plays at my one sponsor's place, the Republican club. So like the Friday nights that he has booked, it's like, I'm not going to go without him to the track because he also works on my car. Um, so Lincoln just kind of worked easier for us because my dad used to do a lot of Saturday weddings and stuff like that. So then he had to switch his schedule to not do Saturday weddings and play somewhere else Friday night to make up for the money lost for the weddings. So we kind of just made it work because a lot of my one crew guy, he was working Fridays and it was late Fridays that he would get to the track. So it just became to be... It just worked out for everybody to do Lincoln. But I obviously want to support Williams Grove, too, because, excuse me, they're the only ones that have upped our purse. Lincoln hasn't touched our purse in I don't know how long. Yeah, and, and I know that's becoming more and more of a topic. And, you know, Williams Grove, they, they, they have some work to do for sure. Uh, and But I think that you're the second driver now that said, I want to support Williams Grove or I'm going to solely do Williams Grove for the because of the purse, right? Chase Deets talked right. about that yep. a couple of weeks ago that he wants to focus on Williams Grove because of the purse money, making the shows is going to help the way he has to run his program this year and kind of building that up. So that's pretty interesting to hear multiple people talk about that. Now, again, is that money increase worth switching schedules? And, you know, that's for your you know, your family, your program to make right. that all work and make that make sense. Uh, and then, you know, then there's just the other challenges of Williams Grove and getting the laps and the seat time and, you know, right. and, and kind of, you know, you want to be competitive when you go, not just for the couple bucks, but you want to also be competitive. So I can understand that completely. So let's talk about 2022 a little bit, because you're not going to be the first 358 driver to come on here and kind of 
not be thrilled with their 2022 season. And that's okay. Cause this no. happens in racing, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of our 2022 358 guests struggled this past year with consistency. Um, and not that you didn't have speed, you know, we talked to Justin Foster, talked to Jim Yeah, he Wolf, had a really bad year too. I felt you bad know, for him. And there's nights that I, you know, go out there and see all those, the Jaden Wolf and Justin Foster and a couple of those guys, they have speed, but just couldn't put their nights together for of of various reasons, right? A multitude right. of reasons. So talk a little bit about your season, kind of where it went. And I, I followed it enough to, to kind of know a little bit between, I mean, you, you tell your story and your, your view of it. And I'll, I like kind of see if it matches up in my head about what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, we started the year off rough even before racing season started. So my dad broke his ankle the night of my fundraiser last year. Um, so Too many Pepsis. That was, what's that? <laughs> Too many Pepsis at the party. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Before the party started. That's oh, man. Oh, kegs and eggs. Okay, got it. <laughs> so I'm getting literally set up for the event, and my mom calls. It's like, your dad broke his leg. I was like, what do you mean he broke his like she's a little dramatic sometimes, so I was just kind of like, Yeah, okay, whatever. So she's like, No, now he's blacking out on me. So of course I'm panicking now at this point because I'm like, he's he broke his leg and he's blacking out. Now my dad doesn't have a high pain tolerance for the most part. So I was like, Okay, so maybe he's being dramatic. <laughs> so then like she's FaceTiming me. And I was going to hop in my truck and fly home, but I was like, uh, I have the race car trailer with me, so that's not going to happen. So she's FaceTiming me, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call 911. Because I was like, even though I wasn't there, it was like I had the most common sense of what was going on. So I called 911, wasn't even there. My friend was EMT and ended up showing up at the house, and she's FaceTiming me, and she's like, yeah, his ankle, he broke his ankle. I said, Mom, how'd you go from his leg to his ankle? She's like, so his, I'm telling you, that thing was like this. His Ooh. shoe was like fully like puffed out. The laces were sticking everywhere. It was a hot mess. He didn't want to go to the hospital and sit there. Well, on top of that, my aunt was in the hospital with COVID and she was not doing well at all. So we thought she might have pulled through, but she passed away three days later after that. So then on top of that, we had complications with my dad after his surgery. He ended up almost passing out on me at home because they had his um, bandage so tight that he was getting no circulation in his foot whatsoever. So I called the paramedics. They were at my house. We had to go bury his sister the next day. So it was like mm. a hot mess. Um, so we got through that. Then Lincoln's practice came up. We built a complete car had a seat and a motor for Lincoln's practice. We started at 10 a.m. and pulled in Lincoln's gates at 7. And I ran practice laps. I was like, okay, cool. Like, everything's – maybe it was just a fluke. I was like, maybe it was just a month of February. Then my uncle got really sick, not Rob, my Uncle Jim. And he about died on us. It was really, really bad. So I took that very, very hard. Um, because he's like a father figure and he was at most of my races pretty much for my 10 years of racing. So it was hard. And then them pill draw bags, I'm telling you what, I told Brian Householder I was ready to blow up the shed and get rid of them pills because <laughs> I don't care who drew for me. It was terrible. We had four <laughs> races where we started up front and 
people were like, well, complaining about the pill draw is not going to do anything. I said, you're right. Complaining is not going to do anything. However, it's tough to start in the back, especially if you're in heat one. The track's not wide. You can't pass. I'm not the type that really likes to go way up high. Um, so it's like, well, you know, I did try to go high a couple of times at the end of the year in the heat races and you just, I just didn't go anywhere. So at this point I'm like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to do this anymore. I was like, cause I'm getting, I hated going to the track every week. Um, just because our pill draws were awful and I wasn't having fun. It just, it was the same tune every single week. And then the tire deal, like that ticked me off because we had to get them stupid poker chips and we were fighting for tires every week. And it just, it was becoming very stressful and I just didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. So then I got COVID in August. Not that having COVID was a good thing, but for my mental state, it probably was a good thing because it gave me a month and a half off of racing. Because I went to Disney on my 10th day because I already had the trip paid for. So on my 10th day, I went and I was gone for a week. I came home, had complications, probably because it was so freaking hot in Florida. I probably didn't drink enough fluid. So like I came home. I tried to move some furniture around and like that quick, you would have thought that I had it all over again. Um, I had no energy whatsoever. I had, didn't even want to do my antique business. Didn't want to race. I didn't want to do anything. Um, so I kind of had to like build my strength back up. And luckily the first night out after I had COVID, I finished second to a friend of mine, which I always pick on him to this day. I'm like, man, you just couldn't let me have that one moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he worked for it. He deserved it. And he told me if the top would have never came in that I would have been long gone and it would have been a different story. But that kind of turned the tune a little bit. Um, and the end of the, like the last race of the year wasn't that great. But I also realized, too, what made me really feel okay about the 2022 season is when I talked to Brad at the first National Open, not the second one that we had at the end of the year, he had actually a couple of races that last year that he was very, he was questioning himself with things too. And when there's guys that are on a professional level like that, and they think the same, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, so there, you know, there is people out there that do this for a living and they struggle. I watched Donnie shots have one of the worst seasons he's had in a long time, but he was going through a lot with his dad you know, being sick and then he passed away and then like the Ford motor thing. I think they were working with stuff on that. So it's like, you got to consider that not every year is going to be great. Um, before Greg Hodnett passed away, he had 24 races, one that year or something. The following year, he couldn't win in a 410, but one in the 360. So watching guys that are absolutely great race car drivers not have a good year, I had to keep that in my mind that you're, you're not always going to do well. Um, the only thing that sucks is, same way with time trials, I mean, if you go out first, sometimes you're going to have a good lap. If you go out last, sometimes you're going to have a better lap. So there's so many scenarios for everybody that, sometimes luck is like 70% of your, your night. So yeah. That's I mean, kind of how I view it. Yeah I, yeah. I agree completely. And we've talked a lot about the, the pill draw stuff and time trial stuff. And listen, it can definitely be, um, 
it can be a problem, you know, and, and it is that division, not only, like you said, the first heat, but that just the competition in general in that division. Yep. And, you know, and I, you know, you're hundred percent right with racing, right? It's also, it, you don't do it for a living. When you talk about Brad and Donnie and they're doing it for a living and they have struggles, why the hell would you want to go every week when this is a hobby, it's for fun and you're not having fun? Well, that's our competitive nature, right? That's our competitive Absolutely. nature. We want to go out there and win and succeed in everything we do. And it doesn't just be, that's not just racing. That's anything, but yes. you have to also have those expectations and say, listen, I know I can't get in this car and I'm going to win every night. I know I'm going to get in this car and we're going to wreck a car. We're going to have a shitty pill draw. We're going to do this, but it's like, I'm doing this because I love it. Right. Right. It's not paying your bills. It's not making you a living. In fact, <laughs> no, it probably stands in the way of all those bills. things, right? <laughs> it stands in the way of all those things. So at some point it's like, yeah, this isn't fun, but man, it's cool to be in a freaking race car. Not a lot of people get to do this, right? So absolutely. like from this guy's standpoint, I'm with you. The competitive drive is there no matter what I do and anything I do. I want to win an argument. I, I want to win anything. But it's, and that's hard while you're in it to take that perspective of saying, this is still awesome. There's not many people on the planet get to do, get that, get to do this. I know that's got to be hard to do in the moment, right? Because you put oh so much God. into yeah, it. You put so much work and time and energy and effort into it that you want to get out of it. Everything that you want to work that you worked for, you want to get everything back out of that. And it doesn't always go that way. And I, I can understand that mental drain a little bit. And like you said, getting COVID isn't a, isn't like great, but that time away mentally, even though COVID's um, kind of a, kind of a mind, you know what, like probably was a nice little break from it all. And then yeah. to come back and finish second is like, okay, cool. I, I, I can still do this or, Hey, you know, like that's what we do this for. You know, that was a, a good, whatever. So, you know, and I think it's always good to evaluate week to week. You know, we've talked to some drivers that go, okay, after the race is over Saturday, we pack it up, go home, have to do all the crap, clean it, maintenance it, put it back together. And it's done. Then there's other guys that go, man, I go back to the track and I was thinking about last week. It's very wild to hear the stories of how people handle good, bad adversity, triumph, and they all handle it in their own way. And it's, and I think that is really a balance to this racing deal. It's just as much mental as it is physical. And, you know, everybody gets behind the wheel of these cars has the ability to win a race for the most part that I've talked to. I mean, there, there's maybe, you know, there's select few that get into behind the wheel of a race car and never going to win a race. Right. Whatever. But if you get behind that wheel, you're competitive. You have the ability to win races. You've won races. It's almost like you have to wash away the week before, no matter how good or bad it went, because you're never as good as your best race. and You're never as bad as your worst race. Absolutely. That's just the way you got to look at it. And I think that that mental side of it can go a long way for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. Cause at first, like when I watched Lincoln on flow the weekend that I missed because of me being sick, I was kind of like, man, this sucks. But then there was like, I think it was a really, really long night or either it was a bad. Well, it was a Lincoln. So it was a long night. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, that was the night that they kept wrecking in the heat races. And actually yeah. somebody that worked at Lincoln messaged me and they're like, aren't you glad you're not here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, then the weekend that they ran BAPS, I had to miss that because when I came home, from Disney, I was I had vertigo, like vertigo, oh. um, I guess with like my sinuses and everything. So like I'd be dizzy all the time. So I was like, I am not getting behind a race car being no. dizzy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was like, oh, I'm staying home from BAPS. That's true. Every yeah. night. Of every night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I was like very thankful I didn't go because they had like eight or ten cars 
crashed that night, and I'm just like, it. And that was the night that the 358s kind of got in a chat group, and they started like pointing fingers at one another. And I'm just like, I'm glad that I stayed in bed and just watched the results on Twitter because I was like that. Sometimes I feel like everything has a purpose, and I mean it was kind of like the same night that I was supposed to race BAP. But flow is a problem. Sorry. <laughs> Rocky's taking yeah, we, my we, question. Rocky, Rocky, yeah. Rocky tuned in last week and saw Ashley's opinion. He's just stirring the pot up already. <laughs> there, I could sit here and talk for hours with like what's part of the problem that these tracks have, but unfortunately, I'm not. To Lincoln, I'm just a driver that shows up. It doesn't matter what I have to say. I'll tell you guys this and I'll tell anybody this as a business owner, I would rather sell 2000 tickets at 14 bucks because guess what? If you sell it at 14 bucks, guarantee you they're going to spend six to $20 at the track to either buy a hot dog or they're going to buy food. They're going to buy drinks. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to buy a souvenir. So you're going to get your money anyway. But if you're going to have like 800 people walk in at 20 bucks and probably bring their own food, you're not going to make anything anyway. Right. So if I owned a track and I, I, I know I'm just a driver, but as a business person, I would view it as do some more for the fans, get these fans involved, kind of like with how I do my events, get the mm -hmm. fans involved, do for them. They're going to do for you and they're going to show up. It's just that simple. Because I'll be honest, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. When I'm not racing Saturdays, I'm either at an auction or I'm out in the shop working on stuff for my antique business. And then I have flow on. It saves me more money being at home. Yep. But it doesn't, like, when the outlaws are in town, I'm obviously at the track because it's not the same. I'd rather be there, experience it. Sitting at home, you don't get that experience. But if these fans don't feel like they have any benefit being there other than it being right in their face, they're not going to show up. It's just no different than us watching baseball, football, hockey. Yep. I would rather be at a Caps game any day. I would love to be a season ticket holder. And it's not the same as sitting at home watching it on TV than watching these guys pound the against the ice and everything, the fights, the whole nine yards, banging the boards, everything. So you're saying you the event is it. as important as the race? What's that? You're saying the event is as more important or just as important as the racing? I feel like everything that happens at the track is important. Mm -hmm. Good and, answer. And that's, and that's yeah. exactly what Justin Snyder said about a month ago when Port Royals, how they build their races up is they, they want the person that comes to Port Royal Speedway to have an experience that maybe Absolutely. Nick Tuscore obviously has the advantage of the fair being there and, and everything like that, but just every event, the Weikert, whatever it is. And I think more tracks need to take that approach. Yep. It, it's really not that hard to stick a tent out in the yard, like at the, in the parking lot, like they do the Brandon Little Memorial. Stick a tent out there, ask some drivers to come, have some hot dogs out there on a grill. You got to get these people involved because guess what? If you don't get the kids involved, you're done. You have no That's next generation to come to the track then. Right. Yep. Yeah, because if you don't get the, I mean, they're your next generation. If you don't get the kids involved, they're not going to come. You know, they're not going to get their own kids to come when they're, you know, older. So it's just, there got to be, 
something that makes the fans feel appreciated. Like when I, when I remember being little, they used to have a lot of driver interviews. They used to do autographs a lot more that I've noticed. Um, it just felt like a more family oriented type deal. But now you go to like, I pull out on the track for warmups and I'm just like, where is everybody? Yeah. And you, so you're just, you're, so you're saying just calling it like Pepsi night isn't enough or, <laughs> or calling it, you know, I could care uh, less. What did, no offense to any, like not including memorial races. So let's just, absolutely. Put mm-hmm. I could care less if it's Pepsi, Coke, Buffalo Wild Wings night. That doesn't bring the fans, huh? That doesn't okay. bring the fans. Unless somebody's oh, that paid the bill. That just paid some wings or something right. like that. That's not going to get the fans there. That's right. And I've even told, I'm not going to say names. I've told different track owners, different ideas to try to get, but it's like it didn't matter. And right. I'm not going to, you know, push and shove to make anything happen. I mean, we threw T-shirts in the grandstands a couple times, and of course. You still get people to message you and be like, well, you didn't throw one to me. Or, and you oh, my God. People getting ignorant about <laughs> don't it. Don't mind. Don't mind that. Yeah. So uh, it's like, okay, I didn't have yeah, to do it. Don't but mind I that. love my fans. I love the people that don't like me either because still you're technically putting your energy on me regardless. And you got to have people that don't like you just like in anything. Um, just fans physically being there and supporting any driver is great to me. Um, I, I look at the racing community as one big family. Um, just like your own family, there's going to be a couple thorns in the family. And it's just sure. the way it works. But we're all there for the same thing. We all love racing. Um, I feel like the economy is definitely killing fans coming. I agree. And I feel like the cost of just even driving to the track yes. is hard enough to so you got to think the moment you pull out of your driveway, how much you're spending, you got to think of the mission to get in. Then if you got kids, you know, they're going to be bugging you all night. I want a hot dog. I want a popsicle. I want this. I want that. So you got to kind of think of what's important before you even get to the track. Um, I hope to see more faces this year, but I don't think taking flow away is going to fix all the issues. I really don't. It's going to suck going home and not being able to watch the race again um, mm-hmm. so I can critique myself of what I should have done or what I shouldn't have done. Um, so there's a lot of key factors. I mean, look at Outlaw's attendance when they're here. I mean, there's people that stay home and watch it, but it's still a really good attendance at yep. the track. Yep. Uh, so. th- yeah. Th- well, my thing is, too, is, you know, they have that big video board that they just paid for in the middle of the infield are they just not going to use it now? You know, like, I, I don't know. I, Maybe you just put Buffalo Wild Wings or Pepsi <laughs> or Coke on there. Well, standing in the pits, you have this big TV screen and can't even see yeah. you know, the cars going by. Um, they were also supposed to have a mascot that they talked about at Lincoln. And Interesting. That never <laughs> happened. I thought it was Chaka. Did, did you say a mascot at Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, that this is Chaka. The, the, the they were going to talk. They talked <laughs> about it when Jerry and all them took over. That was a discussion that they wanted to do something for the kids. A grandfather clock. I'm sure it's not easy. <laughs> I'm sure it's not easy to probably come up with just any mascot because I mean, look, I love Gritty from the Flyers, and I'm not a Flyer fan. But when they said that was their mascot, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that thing looks like a mop that just got <laughs> dumped into, like, orange paint 
but he is a, like he's adorable like i love him now but at first i'm like this is true philly fashion yep. you know no offense to any philly fans but yeah. i, I just one. He's an idiot. i just don't, i just don't know what they'd come up with but i wish like i said there would be a little bit more interaction with the fans because not everybody can stay after the races because they have kids or whatever and nobody wants right. to be there when we're there till 12 one o'clock in the morning um most kids are like this by the end of the night so um i wish they could do something before the races a little bit to get the fans like connected to the driver same way i was connected to greg i feel like if these people actually had a connection to certain drivers i feel like they'd want to be there more exactly and that's exactly why we're we talked about why we're doing what we're doing is because growing up we're like greg was the same guy that i remember having him sign a picture of his a birthday cake i had with his apple car on it and that kind of started it for me and that's why now like i take my daughter to the races and it's a 69k because that's our car same right. idea yeah it's important for these kids to have a driver that they're attached to Jimmy, uh, who's your favorite driver? Jimbo. I don't want to talk about it. Come on. <clears throat> I don't really have a favorite. I, my, say, my, I really don't. My 100% you... favorite is Lance DeWeese. I, I, he's the one that got me. That. Watching yeah. him. I think Jimmy's so, uh, staring him down the road of Danny. Yeah, well, I'm apparently <laughs> the leader. Yeah, I got called Jimbo by Danny Dietrich. So on apparently I'm on Twitter. <laughs> so. So you know how that went. You need to log in every week as Jimbo, not Jimmy. I, I should. I, I should. Lance <laughs> my respect after the National Open when Greg passed away and he yes. dedicated that to race that the race to Greg. That was when he gained my respect. I had no issues with him before that either, but I'm just saying after he did that, just that different. Meant, yeah, uh, that was awesome. Meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the easy route and pointed Jordan Gibbler over your shoulder there, Jimbo. Good boy. I, see I love Jordan. Um, uh, just talking a little bit about the 358 division as a whole. Um, I know there's some gripes over the the, the payout and stuff, and it's something that kind of came up was uh, I, I saw the Speedster schedule, and they're paying twenty five hundred dollars to win minimum, you know, for Speedsters. I don't, think, I don't and that's not even what that schedule. <laughs> yeah. So wow. So I mean, that's great for the Speedsters. Though. It's great. Yeah, it is, but. How does that make you feel as a 358 driver? Obviously, I'm not trying to no, not trying not. to poke the bear here, but no, you're really not. I mean, I told everybody before I even came into the deal, I knew I was going to lose money doing this anyway. Um, so if I wanted to do this to make money, I was an idiot thinking that was going to happen. <laughs> um, so that wasn't going to happen. So pay is important though, especially now. Because, I mean, tires are expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. everything's expensive, let's just be honest. Yes. Um, I feel like, it, I don't know if you guys have seen, that's apparently a talk that we might get aluminum heads because there's a shortage of steel. That was a discussion. And then it was a big hurrah when we had the, the ugly 3 by 5 wings. But I actually liked those wings. I didn't like the way they looked. I thought they looked oh. too horrible. <clears throat> Um, but I was always better on them for whatever reason. I don't know why I was always had, we had a very good setup set up, um, in 2019, which is the year that I had my best, um, career ever. And then we went to the five by five after that and kind of just struggled. So the guy that wanted that role so bad, 
he's not even in the wing business anymore. So then we had to spend all this money. I mean, not a whole lot of money, but we had to spend money to go to the five by five. We had to get rid of our three by five. And then we had to add more weight this year, which I'm cool with that. That's kind of like a safety deal. Um, but watching these, like even iRacing purse is like insanity. $10,000 show on. He just won $10,000 for <laughs> 10 I, weeks of racing. I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, there's no reason 358 shouldn't be getting $250 to 300 to start. Yeah. I mean, I know we don't put as much into our motors and I know we don't have to. Yeah, but that don't don't you make that, excuses that, for yeah. it? That doesn't matter. No, this is I know. a premier division saying... in our in our in our in our state. It's a premier division. It's probably the most popular, second popular, most second most popular division in our area, and it it rival. I don't care if it says three fifty eight or three sixty on it. It's a three sixty division, right? It's the second. It's a, it's the next step down from a four ten. Don't make excuses for them. It doesn't matter. Oh, if you spend less or not. Because none of you guys are spending. <laughs> none of y'all are spending says, less money. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody's always like, "Well, they'll just replace you with three oh fives. Okay, well, it's not they the get same. good money to it's they get good the money same. to start. Well, yeah. their purse is even worse than ours. I don't even know how those guys do it. Well, they don't have a good, they don't have a big win, but they have a pretty good throughout the field. They spread it out. The yeah. the overall purse isn't great, but they spread it out throughout the field of the starters, which everybody knows you win a race in a 305. It's like, you know, 350 bucks or something. Well, somebody, right. somebody knows more than I do, but it's not top heavy. It's spread out more throughout. And I think that just 358s in general, when you guys show up to the racetrack, that's, that's, that pulls people in. And I, I agree with you completely. I, I think it all needs to go. I don't know. I, there's only so much money to go around, and especially if fans aren't going to the track. Right. That makes it harder and harder for a track to go, sure, here you go, without a commitment right. from fans. But if you're not doing what it takes to get the fans in the stands, you can't pay the tra- pay the cars. So I don't Yeah, and I, I think know. that's a big problem Lincoln has with they don't they I feel like I can't say they want to pay us more, but I feel like if there's not fans there, how can how, I mean how as can a business they? owner of a track how can you justify paying the drivers more when nobody's coming in? Yep. Absolutely. Super so. difficult for sure. Yeah. But for me, happen? I'm not going to stress over purse because I knew getting into this from. Does another, one, does another hundred dollars in winnings make you rich in your race team? So that's the other no, part of this. Now I'm not, I'm not making an excuse for the track either. And I, and this is just, I've been thinking about this a lot and talking with a lot of people, you know, I'm close to that are in, in, in the game, 358, 410, whatever it is. Everyone complains about the cost and the pay, mm-hmm. but ain't nobody out there making a living in central PA that runs weekly, just around very few. Okay. There there's one or two maybe. Mm-hmm. But none of y'all are making a living doing it. You're just trying not to lose your your ass doing it, right? Right. To to go out there and say, okay, if I'm going to run fifth in the 358s, I want to be paid more. Well, how much more? How much more is going to be worth it for you to feel like fifth is a win? It's it's right. just not. Or a 410 for fifth. I don't give a shit which division at this point. But none of them are going to go, uh, well, another 100 bucks. Oh, come on. You're going to complain yeah. about that 100 bucks more next week when you're like, that still ain't enough to cover my fuel bill, my tire bill, my thing to get to the track the winnings you're winning from the race are not covering your cost of anything mm-hmm. right they're just not because at some point you're not going to win enough money to cover the motor in the car well, like I'm... in a 358 division you can win 10 times and not cover the cost of one engine let alone all the other parts and all the other things that makes it to the track so there's this thing you know like 
that does the extra winnings yeah does it help yeah absolutely it helps i'm not making an excuse for it to be less but it's not going to turn anyone's program around to win no. 50 or 100 bucks more to finish eight no right so the the break point is are sponsors and the 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 sponsors want to be on cars when the car when the sponsors get the publicity for being on the cars that gets them business yes and how does absolutely. that happen eyeballs how does that happen promotion how does that happen? Activation at the track. How does that happen? More people will see it. It doesn't like I, it just it's not it's not easy, but it's also not that hard to make the equation work, mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's it, it just. Yeah, I don't know. That's my rant about that part, too. Well, that's kind of where, like, say I start 20th and there's a lot of just say there's a lot of squirrely business happening with the guys between 14th and 15th. And I see that they're. I am, and I will tell anybody this, and I think that's why a lot of my sponsors do appreciate, because, you know, some people just don't care, and they will drive way over their head just to get that extra 10 bucks. I am not that driver. If I feel like it, there is no way in heck that I can pass safely with myself and the person beside me, I'm not, I'm not, the t I'll, I'll take chances, but there's a kind of a thin line as a car owner and the driver where it's just not worth it. Right. And some people are like, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. Well, at the end of the, at the end of the season, how much did you tear up compared to what I tore up? I'm not there. I mean, yes, of course I'm there to win, but if I'm starting 20th on used tires, I'm, it's hard to get up through there some nights. Cause if some people are hugging the bottom and there's no top, you're kind of stuck there anyway. Right. Um, so some people don't put that into consideration that, mm -hmm. It's not like I racing where you can just hit the gas and just yeah. hit reset after you hit the wall. Mm -hmm. um, I try to reserve my equipment because I am also the car owner. And I also have a lot of respect for the people that do sponsor the car because I don't want them to think, oh, my God, she's tearing stuff up every week. Um, so I've always been that way. Um, I definitely know that I need to take a little bit more chances um, just because I've sat back a little bit and this year i feel like i need to kind of just take that extra now i'm not gonna go crazy like some guys or girls but i um definitely kind of want to be a little bit more aggressive than i've been in the past and do you feel like you know you've you've had enough years experience under your belt at this point and kind of know I, you know, I think at this point you would know when that chance is, when is to take it, right? Do you trust the driver in front of you? Do you have an opportunity to do it? And then can you finish it off without either tearing your car up or someone else's? So, you know, I, you know, I, I've watched you race a lot and, you know, you don't make mistakes, but like you said, though, you don't, make, you don't, you don't really make a lot of mistakes, but that also comes with sometimes not taking that chance to give Absolutely. you the opportunity to make a mistake. Right. So, you know, I think it's that balance and like, Hey, that it could be that night where you drew in the middle and that, that one spot means for a redraw, you're there. Do I take the chance to get in the redraw or is it just a transfer spot to not have to run a B and put more wear and tear on your right. car to run through a B that you probably know, Hey, I'll start up front in this B and I'll probably end up winning this B, but it's more laps. I don't have to put on my car. I think it's just situational. Right. And, and whether that's, you know, again, not for 15th in the A when, it's for 50 bucks or 20 bucks or no dollars. It's the same money, you know, unless you're chasing points, right? You have a great start to the season. It's all, I think it's all going to be situational. And, and then having a confidence in yourself and saying, 
I'm going to go get this and I can do this. Right. So, you know, I look forward to that for sure. I'm looking forward to see that this year. I hope that that works for you. Uh, Chris and Jimmy, I'm ready for my question. If, unless you guys have something else that's pressing. No, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, go ahead. Because yeah, you're going to do it anyway. I heard you ask earlier. Yeah. Every week. Okay. This is the we'll one. Let him have his uh, question and we can move on. And, and I do have to, I always explain it. So it's not, I, it's not a personal dig at anybody because that's not what I intended this to be. I intended this to be, I should call it the Ryan Newman question, right? Because the NASCAR, if you know Ryan Newman or watch him, mm-hmm. he was always notorious for being really hard to pass, right? He's just yep. hard to race around, hard to pass. So that was the spirit of my question. And and listen, I think in this business, uh, we talk local, central PA, you, got, you race with the same people every week. At some point, somebody's going to get mad at somebody else. And I understand that. So you can take it wherever you want. But the intention and spirit of the question is, is, is kind of what I explained. So two drivers, one, you love racing around, you have a great time racing all the time. Um, doesn't matter when, where, how it's always been, you know, enjoyable for you. And second is the driver that is just a thorn in your side for whatever reason. Matt Finley has always been a good driver to race around because he's kind of in the same boat. He won't go out there and do anything stupid. Um, we've had actually a couple races this year where we raced each other hard and you know we both struggled this year a little bit in our own ways um but i know matt wouldn't do anything hurtful to me and i also i have a lot of respect for him so i feel like anytime i'm around him i that would be one guy i could trust going on the outside of um if i did decide to move up farther than what i normally do um so he's not like the type of person i'd have to worry about um I can't really say that there's anybody in the division right now that I feel like is a thorn in my side. Um, I'll be honest. Like I used to be horrified of Doug Hamaker. Um, we had an incident before like in like, uh, I'm trying to think what year that was 2016 maybe or 15. Um, and it was just a racing deal, but it was a crappy racing deal. And I just kind of like when I, after that happened, I kind of, as soon as I saw Doug on the outside, I just let him pass at me. I was like, I am not getting in my head and I'm just letting him go at this point. Um, but I feel like after Doug got hurt, I feel like he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, and I can trust him more, I would say. Um, so I just feel like there's not really anybody that I could say is a thorn anymore. Cause I kind of feel like the 358 division is, co- well, I will say Chris Frank is hard to pass because we're <laughs> both on the same line. So it, if he's on the bottom, you know, you ain't getting past him because you know, I ain't going to roll on go. the outside of him because normally if he's on the bottom, there's a reason he's on the bottom. Um, so he's kind of really tough to pass because we're on the same, we're literally on the same line. So um, I saw him make a Facebook was, post about that the other uh, super, like in the last couple of days, something about like I, he must have been getting criticized for running the bottom or something. He made a post, of, uh, sort of alluded right to that as like that, you know, it's what he likes to do. It's where he likes to run. So it's a know, comfort the, thing. I mean, people laugh about the bottom, but you know what? Donnie Kreitz has lost or won a shit ton of races on the bottom and so is that fred raymer guy over the years he won yes. a lot a few of them a few greg of them are running around two. the bottom at lincoln yeah greg has too i mean for sure i feel like you have to have everybody like monteith 
he sucked on the bottom. Oh. There's he could not oh. come down at all. He's the opposite. Yeah. Brian Leppo used to be the same yeah. way. He for the longest time could not run the bottom. But man, you put that boy on the top and he was wide open and he was right on the outside of you. Yep. Um so everybody has I mean, I'm sure they called Blaney the low rider for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not because he was running the high side. Um, so I just feel like everybody has their comfort zone. And, you know, the ones that have never driven a car, you know, when you get in a car, it's completely, I mean, I obviously thought things before when I didn't race either, but it looks easy on the outside. But when you're in the car, like, you know what your car's supposed to do. Like if you try something, like say you're running the middle and it just doesn't work. Or if you move up higher and you feel like you got absolutely nowhere, you're going to come back down and just run your comfort zone. It's just how racing works. Yep. For sure. Chris. Yeah. My question for you, Ashley. uh, So if you had to pick one race to win in a sprint car or anything, what would it be? Hmm. Like a 358 race or any. Any sprint car at any track. Knoxville Nationals. Have you been out to Knoxville? You going out? I have not. I want to though. Okay, twenty twenty three sounds like the year. (laughs) Let's go to Knoxville. (laughs) Depends how racing's going by August. (laughs) All right, I like that. Awesome. Uh, Jimmy, Knoxville's a big. It's the one, right? It's the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, I can't can't argue that. But the Kings Royals also. A special event too but i feel like knoxville has so much more behind it um especially knowing like when just watching guys in victory lane when they win the knoxville nationals that just tells the tune right yeah, it's there different than any other race important that race is yeah yeah and i think it's when you look at it on a national scale, the Knoxville Nationals definitely has that mystique and that, that emotion. When you have one of our local guys win the National Open, it has that same feel for, for a local guy, right? So I think if you take that on a local scale, National Open, now every driver everywhere wants to win the National Open. But you take that emotion of the National Open and you take that and say, what would that be nationally? It's Knoxville Nationals, right? Yes. So uh, I can't just, I can't argue with any of those. I mean, you know, I, yeah. Jimmy, what you got? Oh, paint scheme and sponsors, Jimmy. So Ashley recently just released new paint scheme for 2023. And I think it's going to be on the screen now. There you go. Looks awesome. It looks awesome. I love the red, white, black, blue. It's perfect. Yeah, looks great. So while that's on the screen, tell us a little bit about your sponsors. Who helps you get up and down the road? Jimmy, that was a handoff to you. Gettysburg Hmm? Trading Post has been with me pretty much my whole career now. Um, They took over the main sponsor position in 2021 um, at Brian's Fuel and Service. They've been with us for a couple years now since, I would say, 2018. Um, Yesteryear Antiques, that's actually where I have my booth at for my business. They're new on board. Um, Mike's Towing and Recovery, they've been with me for a couple years now as well. Stoner's Auction, they are one of the auction houses I go to a lot for the business. Um, the Republican Club of Hanover, they've been on board for a couple years. Brenneman Painting, he does all of our body painting for the car. FK Roddens have been with me from day one. 
Iron Horse Trains, they are actually the owner of yesteryear's business. Um, they sell trains inside of there, so it was like a two-for-one deal. C.P. Carrillo, which is who I get my pistons from. Um, D.W. Automotive, he is Dwayne Watson. They used to run 358s and Thundercars, so he does all of our repair work for our vehicles. Schaefer's Oil, I've used their oil pretty much my whole career as well. Um, Nasty Nate Racing, he's new this year as well. Um, BAM Lifters, they're the lifters that we use on the car. And MTR Roll-Off Dumpsters, that's Mike's Towing's business. So, if, like, if you want to do, like, a clean-out of your business or your home, they have, like, the roll-off dumpsters that you can throw away, like, all your junk, pretty much. Total Seal... Um, they do all our piston rings. So there's, I mean, a good many people that help us out. Um, Bruce Buckwalter, he's the one that helped me bring my design that I did to life and he made it a little bit better. Um, so we're looking for this, is our first year together doing graphics together. So I'm excited for that. Um, feel bad for him cause his team lost last night. So I didn't even bother messaging him today cause <laughs> that game was a little rough at the end last yeah. night. You're telling me <laughs> that was sad. Uh, yeah, it was very sad. Um, I, I was going to ask you uh, also, you've done some cool tribute schemes throughout the years. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get your opinion on those. Just a little bit of backstory on those. So the first one I did was nine 11. Um, I kind of wanted to do something special for that because my uncle was a firefighter. And then I started doing firefighting myself um, not too long after. So I did that. I did the breast cancer, um, like the scheme already, because my main sponsor at the time, she had breast, she was a breast cancer survivor. Um, so was my grandmother and not knowing. And the end of 2019, my mom would have got it too. Um, let's see, I did a paint scheme of a really, really good friend of mine that passed away from a car accident. My number was 43 for that. He was supposed to race quads. Um, and I, and he didn't get to race. Like it was all designed up and getting ready to be lettered and everything. And I used his scheme and used it on my car since that cool. scheme never got ran on his quad. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. We did the Brandon Little Memorial for a few years. Um, I ran the Sterner Cement 69 because Pat Sterner was one of our first sponsors. And I actually won that race in 2021, but I didn't have the Sterner Cement on that year. <laughs> um, so that was really special because my first win, I actually won on her birthday. And then my second win was on her husband Weldon's memorial race. So it's kind of just crazy how that stuff happens. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else after Greg passed away, I put his face and a young fan of mine that passed away inside of my numbers, one on each side. So that was really special. Um, I'm trying to think we did make a wish one year. We let the kids put their handprints on and that's the night that the motor blew up. So Brent Shear ended up running that wing for me in warmups, um, which I thought was very nice of him to at least get the wing out there for me. Um, I'm thinking that's it that I can really think of as far as, oh, and the Steve Smith, how could I forget that one? <laughs> Especially with today being his birthday. Um, that was very, 
dear to my dad's heart because of him working for Steve and that was his birthday present. So we ran that car, um, for him. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. That's something cause I, I've noticed, you know, you do a lot of those different ones. You know, we see some other drivers, they'll do one here, one off shoot here and there, but you really go all out when you do it. And I think that's awesome. I think it really, uh, it's really, it's a really cool deal. So. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I don't know if we have what our plan is this year. I mean, God willing, hopefully nobody dies or anything that I would feel like I would have to do that. Um, but that's just everyday life. Um, I don't know what we're doing for the firefighter race this year. Haven't really heard yet, but it is kind of early still. Um, I feel like, and I don't know if you guys ever noticed this either, but I feel like the ones that run the special schemes on certain races are the ones that not that they struggle, but I feel like those are the nights that it's hard for those cars to be the ones in victory lane. And it's something that I've noticed with other people. Like I thought it'd be cool if Justin Peck won in the 73 mm-hmm. for the Kramer clash. And I don't think it ended up happening. So I thought that would have been cool. Um, I've seen a, a lot of different tribute cars. And of course, like all over the world, I'm like, Oh, I really hope that they win tonight for their special purpose. And I remember when Tim Wagaman won the firefighter race and his mm-hmm the car that was really cool um did monteith ever win the sterner with the sterner wing i believe he did i think he might have right because that was one of the yeah. like of a premier you know uh multiple time winner puts it on a car like you're gonna have that shot not that no one else does right. but like that would make sense to me because i know that he's he's ran he ran that multiple years i, I want to yeah. say when he was still kind of rolling along there um what was um I forget what I was going to say. There was something about it, one of the special schemes in a win. Oh, you said you won the Weldon one year, but you didn't have a, a wing on. That Weldon Sterner Memorial Race is one of my favorite, like, like low-key, not, like, overly publicized national races. Yeah. I love that race. I don't know why. It just, I've been to that. For whatever reason, my schedule's always aligned. I'm at that race every year because they always play that version of the ride. Every, oh yeah, she, uh, the she Dale, was a she's a huge Dale Earnhardt fan. So the Dale she, Earnhardt song every year, and that for whatever even the last couple of years, where like there was a few years where that race was like a big paying race, and it paid out more money, and it was like a thing. And I think the last couple of years, I don't know if it's been quite as an event, but I end up making that race every year, and I always like stop and like that's pretty cool. Like I don't know why, I just dig that one. Tyler said Lance won in the yep. four sixty one design at Port. Yeah. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. I that is about cool. That. Yeah. That that is neat when that happens for sure. When the time like the Tim Wagon one, I wasn't at that that year, but I remember like he didn't win he you know, he wasn't like a he's not a guy who wins ten races a year every year. And he put he had the fire the special scheme on that year and won that race. That was super Yeah, that cool was that really night. cool. Yeah. Cause he led like I think he might have started up front and led like that whole thing or something and yeah. And, you know, it was just super cool because he, he was, he, Tim's kind of an underdog in a sense. He's not, he's not an underdog, but everybody knows him, but he's not a guy, like I said, wins 10 races. So it was still like, okay, that, that was cool. Like it just like yeah. it was meant to be that night for sure. So, yeah, I think tribute cars though are definitely neat for, it gives Makes the like races special. something to look forward to. Yeah. Where's Hodnin at? Um, he is currently <laughs> knocked out. He had to get he had to get blood work done today for heartworms and something else. They double checked, um, and it was negative. And then he had to get 
his Lyme shot and his Lyme disease shot and what was the other one? Oh, his rabies shot. So he's and he's back on antibiotics again because he had an infection a couple of weeks ago in his foot. And I guess it was so deep down into his foot that it came back. Um, it's not as bad as it was, but they put him back on antibiotics. So he's probably just out. Funny story. Chris had the same stuff done today. So he got his, <laughs> his rabies shot and oh, yeah? he's, he's ready to be knocked out. He's not feeling the best. He had all the same stuff done today. So. <laughs> not quite, not quite, but yeah, I'm saying like between sweating well, and then like, you're I not biting people then. If you have a <laughs> not until race season, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of race season, before we let you go, what are your plans for 2023? Anything different than years past or? A little bit. Um, I actually told everybody at my fundraiser Saturday, um, we're going to run this season as if it's my last, just because you should live your life every day like it's your last. So that's kind of like my motto for this year. Um, I want to go have fun this year. So we're going to do some 360 races. Um, I wanted to go to Bedford and I want to go to Big Diamond for the 360 show and the 358 show. I want to possibly hit Port Royal for the Speed nice. Week show. Um, I guess it all kind of depends how our season goes. I do have some, let me pull it up on my phone. Cause I have it written down. I sat here and wrote it down the other night. We're not going to hit the BAPS race, um, on the 26th, just cause of the four tire or the four race deal with the tires. I don't want to buy any of the tires that we can run currently new if I absolutely don't have to. So I'm just want to try to start the year off. Um, we might go to Lincoln to shake the car down with the four tens, maybe just tag the back of the field and just kind of get some laps just to make sure everything's good. Possibly, um, Lincoln as much as we can. Um, I want to do possibly Bridgeport if I can tolerate putting the fire extinguisher in the car. Um, I saw how big that bottle is and it kind of, concerns me a little bit but i want to kind of see how that plays out by the end of the year so we might run all three bridgeport shows at the end of the year um and i also want to do the baps race on the 27th of may nice so and there is a couple grove shows that i have in here um but it's kind of like a tentative type deal um depending on my dad's djing the auction business or the antique business going to auctions and stuff, but there is a couple Grove shows in there. Um, so I guess we'll kind of see what happens. Awesome. awesome deal. Well, I wish you, we wish you the best of luck this season. Um, Thank you. Cool to see you getting out a little bit and, and doing some different stuff. That's going to, that's going to be pretty exciting. And, uh, like I said, wish you the best of luck and thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know it's getting late here, so we really appreciate oh, you. I got Go another two rest. hours. Well, maybe not with how Saturday. How <laughs> right. I didn't get home till like two o'clock, so I might <laughs> not be up as late as I usually am. But um, thank you again for having me. Um, it's definitely you guys are definitely doing a great thing, and you know I try to get on as much as I can to watch because you guys are definitely doing a good job. Appreciate um, that. And looking forward to seeing what other guests you have on this year. Because it's night. I mean, obviously you race against these guys and you see them at the track, but you don't know a whole lot about them. So it's nice to kind of know who you're racing with and kind of understand people. Because, I mean, nowadays everybody's so quick to make judgment of people mm -hmm. and they don't really know their story and their background and like 
why they do the things that they do. Um, like when people always say, oh, why aren't you doing this race or that race? It's like racing doesn't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Me going to auction does. So <laughs> um, it's just nice to kind of know. And, you know, it's nice to see like you guys having great questions for us drivers too, because that's not always easy, easy to come up easy either. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I should go to bed. Um <laughs> to come up with questions because if you don't have good questions, you ain't going to have a good show. Yeah. We're, we're, we like to know. So we want to find out we're, we're inquisitive people. We want to find out more. So Jimmy and Chris, we're going to, we're going to come up and introduce if I don't, have you guys met her in the pits at all? No, no. They're going to be in the pits bite. more this, they're going to be in the pits more this season. <laughs> so we'll come by and see you. So. <laughs> uh, well, Chris will be good. He'll, he, he'll be fine. Um, well, <laughs> Jimmy will put me on the leash. Yeah. <laughs> We'll make sure uh, we come up, say hi to you, and uh, okay. you yeah. know, we'll get Chris and we're going to get Chris and Jimmy into pits more this year, and you know, kind of put faces uh, to names and yeah. you know, in person. So, good luck to you oh, this year. Sounds great. Stop yeah, by at the icebreaker. You guys hopefully. are definitely welcome to stop by, even if you want to stand on the trailer and hang out. You're more than welcome to do that. Too. Chris has a tendency of falling off, so we try not to let him up there. <laughs> I've too never high. been on a trailer. He's never okay. been. <laughs> We gotta get some energy out of Chris. He was a little yeah, we're sleepy. Just, I'm trying to get him just, going. I'm, we're just picking on him. Day, man. Just <laughs> it's not that bad, I promise. I had nothing done today. It's just been a slug. Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> Ashley. Take care. Good luck in 2023. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good See night, ya. guys. You too. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ashley. Awesome. That was an awesome interview. Uh, awesome show tonight, guys. I yeah. really, uh, Really enjoyed that. Enjoyed everybody here in the uh, in the comments section. Had a lot of interaction, which is always great. Um, sorry we couldn't get to everybody's comments, but I feel like we got to most of them. And uh, yeah, final thoughts, guys. I don't know. I might be crying. My eyes watering. <clears throat> okay. No, that was fun. Are you crying um, because the Eagles lost? It's okay. I'm, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the last thing I'd cry about. Um, no, that was good. It was unique. That was different, uh, different perspective from, you know, from Tyler, both on the iRacing side to, you know, a little bit of his involvement in our local racing scene, helping out a local team. Uh, he's a smart kid. He, he's very involved. He keeps up with the sport. Like he's knowledgeable. He, you know, he, he really pays attention and, you know, and then Ashley's perspective of car owner, driver, um, you know, one thing we didn't really get into is, is, you know, woman in the sport. Uh, we didn't get into that. I, I really wish we might have to have her back and talk about that some more. Um, cause that's a unique perspective. Unfortunately, yeah. us, us dumb men didn't really talk about there. And, um, well, there's just so much stuff that she brought up that was so interesting on its, on its own that yeah, it was 100%. a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. No, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Chris, anything else? No, I think it was awesome. I look forward to, uh, seeing Ashley this season and following along to see how she does. And maybe, maybe one day I'll beat Tyler show on something. And yeah, same. same. Uh, Jimmy, mm-hmm. I, I got to do if it's just one week, oh, Daytona no. 500 pick. Ooh. If we talk about asphalt, here's your Daytona, Daytona 500 pick. <sighs> I'm going Bubba Wallace. I'm not even letting Jimmy answer. I'm right. going Chris, Denny Hamlin. Chris. You're an idiot. I mean, that's not a very. You're yeah, not going I don't out know. Very, like, like no, I'm not going out there. on a ledge there. I, I do think Toyota's going to show up. So I don't hate the Bubba Wallace pick either, or Tyler Reddick, or somebody I, like that. But same. Daytona's so hard to predict. But um, honestly, Hamlin seems to be one of the most consistent guys at that track, somehow, some way. I'm going Chris Busher. Ooh, I like that pick. 
I think he's, Ford Ford's going to get in line. Busher's a Busher's a good uh, plate guy. He's going to go get it, man. The only other one would have been Priest. That would have been the other my, guy. Like I, I don't know if his thing, but like I like Busher this weekend. I, I have no idea why. I kind of want like a Kozlowski or Kyle Busch to finally win it for the first time. That would be just because cool. be cool. But like I mean, I still think Bud Wallace is going to win this thing. He's the main thing that main thing I want to see is Kyle Larson finish a damn. Speedway race because <laughs> he just I, has I'm a hard Harvick time. Fan, it's the same thing. Harvick never yeah. finishes these damn things. He's always caught up in it. That would be cool to see him win his final Daytona 500. I think that would be really cool. What about uh, what would your thoughts be if Jimmy Johnson were to win this thing? I want to see if he makes the show first. I was gonna. I was just gonna say that. Let's see if he can even make the show first. <laughs> it's gonna be cool because the the duels are gonna be more than ever. I mean, I know there's always cut off cars, six cars for four spots. Yeah. There's gonna but, be some but they're all big good. names not in. Like they're Pastrana. all big names. Yeah, they're all big names that are going to be fighting for. It's not going to be. Yeah, like, like BJ McLeod. I mean, he's. You know, no, well, no, he's, he's a charter, he's, so he's in. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think it's Chandler Smith. Uh, Chandler Smith, Travis Pastrana, uh, um, Connor Daly, Zane. Jimmy Johnson, Jane, Zane Smith. Yeah, so some bigger names and, that that have talent. That there's five years listed. One of them's going home, but like. I don't know, but Cody I'm not having there. practice. Yeah, Cody and BJ McLeod. I heard on. It was funny. I was driving home, listening. I listened to NASCAR and Sirius XM, and uh, someone said that their pick was Cody where to win, and he was dead serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I, I can't even laugh. I, at that. And hey, on that, on, thank you everybody. On that note, we're out. Hit us up, message us yes. who you want to see on here. Um, we're always open to suggestions. Um, and if you got contacts, say send them our way. We'll uh, yeah. get them on the show here. Uh, tentatively, next week, our biggest show yet? Yeah, it, it, it'll question it'll, mark? Question mark might be our biggest show. Maybe. I mean, the people that we want to have on next week don't know we want to have them on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, no, that's not the case. Nice. But, but seriously, tune in next week. This is only continuing to grow and um, you know, I, I, I've loved every week that we've had guests and it's hard to go, Hey, next week's bigger, next week's bigger. Yeah. Uh, they've all been I feel like great. that every time we get done a week, I'm like, man, I'm looking forward to next week already. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel that way every single week. And we, as we get closer to race season, it just, it gets me more hyped and hyped for, yep. for what's, what's about We're to happen. So I'm hoping to hit up, uh, maybe a race shop this weekend, maybe Ooh. another engine shop, maybe Ooh. Motorama, Ooh. some inside, some stuff. There's some yeah. stuff uh with some people so but motorama this weekend i want to go out and shoot some go into the main arena shoot some dirt bikes and some quads and um a year ago this weekend the first time i got my racing lens i uh, got that and went out and shot it for the first time this past year so i want to go back this year and see if i can improve see what i improved from last year to, to a year now and i can't even imagine i loved what i got last year I, so i can't even imagine how it'll go this year so i'm excited for that uh as long as i can get there some other things personal life going on schedule wise so Hoping I can get out there this weekend, and then we got Daytona. We got okay. By the way, am I the only one that thinks it's completely strange that Daytona qualifying is on Wednesday? I dumb. There's no practice until after. Yeah, uh, that I'm Me not Chris, concerned about because they didn't really televise practice back in the day. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, or if, like if you're Travis, if you're Jimmy Johnson or Travis Pastrana, Pastrana how do you or feel Connor about... Daly, you're taking your first laps oh, on yeah. pole qualifying. Learn how to pull pit road and qualify. Yeah, I, I do. Get, yeah. like, I do I'm agree. I but do like, agree. Sunday was the good tradition. day to have qualifying. Sunday, they could at least noon qualifying. NASCAR. They could my whole childhood adult. It's they could at Wednesday least at seven. Yeah, they could at least have like a rookie qualifying because they do or a rookie practice because don't they do but just, just like think the of Indy 500? go back to COVID year 
when Larson blew to Moda because they left a thing in the radiator for Talladega because there was no practice or qualifying. If I was a team, now obviously that's extreme, but don't you want to shake down your stuff before your dual race? I would of course, even do. if you're locked they in. Do. Yeah, of course they do. They hate this. Give yeah. them twenty but minutes. Does that make qualifying even more irrelevant than ever? Does it really um, matter? Other than the pole winner, like well, does it, does it matter? Six, it does for those. Those it does for those six That's guys it. because for those seven two... guys, the six unlocked but in and the pole winner. Does, does, it, okay, does, does your, your qualifying shit? spot doesn't really matter because no, of the, doesn't the, matter. The, the, the type of racing it is. It's Daytona, so, right? Yeah. You, you, do you think anyone's going to focus on qualifying? No one knows what each other has. So like back in the day, it used to be, okay, we went out and did a mock qualifying run and look, we're not fighting for the pole here. So we don't really give a shit. We're going to go run our lap and go do our duel and race in our duel. No one yeah. gave a shit because you could go out and qualify 25th Go out and finish third in your duel, and that's where you start. It only matters for the six not locked in and the winner mm-hmm. of the poll. Yeah. Otherwise, and now it's on a Wednesday night. I, I don't know. I just what? think it loses the mystique of it. The the duels are worth the duels mean a million times more than the, the qualifying. Yeah. Well, probably the person that means the most towards is going to be uh, Alex Bowman. Alex he's Bowman. going for like six or seven straight now being on the front, front row, row, which yeah. is insane to even think of. But Hendricks always dialed in on pole day. Always. <clears throat> so. And that's what it'll end up being probably again. It'll be whatever team hit on something that they didn't maybe even know they hit on. And both of theirs or all their cars are going to be one, two, three, four. And then what do we sit there and watch that for three hours? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm more excited about. The, what I'm more excited about on Wednesday night is our Daytona race, our clash. We finally get our season under eight way with uh, with uh, full throttle next gen should, league. Do you think I should have practiced at all? No. Yeah, it's because it's fun, but no. It's Daytona. It's fun. Daytona's fun. Is it? So. Is it though? Because I don't know if I've ever finished like, a Daytona race in my in my it's probably because you haven't practiced. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the case. I've rarely wrecked, caused the wreck that I end up in. But practice. you gotta practice not being. You gotta wreck. practice avoiding oh. the wrecks. Oh, that's and, what it is. And, and knowing who's going to cause the wreck. Yes, everyone. Aaron, you guys gonna try the uh, on iRacing? They're doing the full length Daytona 500. I think I no. want to try to hit Absolutely that. I'm gonna not. try it, but I, there's no percent chance I finish it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I just said, and you're giving me shit for it. Well, it's a lot that's, longer that's than official. our 30 lap race. Yeah, that's, oh. yeah. that's 500 miles. Yeah. So. Anyway. All right, boys. Fun stuff. Well, Let's get out of here. Chris, Chris we're Thanks, just dragging everyone. someone for a torture for Chris at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Let him get out of here. Get some rest, buddy. Hope you feel better. See y'all. See you guys. Take See care.